What is the fourth year medical student schedule like? What is the best rotation to do during third year? What is AOA, Alpha Omega Alpha, today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life? Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I'm very excited to have a great fourth-year student, Stephen, who's joining me today to talk about fourth year and his experience at the U. Hello. It's good to be here. Yeah. So let's talk at the beginning. Like, uh, where, you know... Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to undergrad? I'm from Bountiful, Utah originally. Grew up there. Went down to Brigham Young University for my undergrad, studied biology, and then came up here. And what'd you do to prepare to get into med school? Um, so I kind of took the uh, the approach that, you know, if I could meet all of the expectations of the University of Utah School of Medicine, I'd probably be a pretty good applicant just about anywhere. And so... I kind of just looked at their requirements and, and noticed, you know, they, you need to be a fairly well-rounded applicant, and I just tried to meet the expectations of all those requirements. So I looked, started early looking for volunteer opportunities, um, patient exposure, and then the research, knowing that those would be important components of the application process. Excellent. And then you applied to the U, obviously. What other schools did you look at during the application process? So I kind of looked all over, um, but was definitely interested in certain areas of the country for mm-hmm. geographic reasons. Um, but definitely the U was my top choice, so I was glad that I got in here. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you got in, too. That's great. And so and now you're a fourth year. So you started in the fall of 2010. I don't know. Let's start from the broads and then we'll come to the specifics. How have your past four years been? It's been great. I've had a great time at this school. Um, Definitely the first two years were kind of daunting, just trying to assimilate a lot of information. And there's a lot of different stress that starts getting layered on that you don't necessarily anticipate when you're applying for medical school. Uh, So suddenly you start hearing about the boards Mm -hmm. and step one and step two and those kinds of things. And so that'll get your anxiety up a little bit. But I felt like coming here, I was definitely prepared to take Mm -hmm. those exams and, and also... Um, just just had a good time here. There's a lot of different interest groups where you're able to connect with people that are like you that have similar interests, and and I felt like in general our class is just very um, congenial and get along real well. That's great. So let's kind of break that down. You talked about the board, so we're talking about step one, and that's something you take at the end of your second year, um, and then kind of it's supposed to encapsulate all the knowledge during the first year, med, two years of medical school, I get asked a lot, like, what kind of services or kind of uh, what kind of things are done to help prepare the med students to take step one. What would you say? What, what, what was given to your, your class? Uh, so, you know, part of it was a, a lot of it's talking to upperclassmen about mm-hmm. what they did. And I think that probably most people go about it that way and try to gauge, you, you know, talk to the people that did well and see what their their strategies were. And, uh, and the, the U helped facilitate that, too. Had some courses and stuff where we had fourth years that were tutoring us for the boards and helping us be aware of what kind of questions to be ready for. And did they call themselves a specific name? I heard they, they, they call themselves the board slayers? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I've, I've heard of a more recent group calling themselves that, but okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So the fourth year is go back and help instruct the second years. Correct. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And are you involved with that now as a fourth year? Um, potentially. I've been invited to help out with that. So okay. we'll see how that works. But you're not on board the with road. the board slayer's name. I'm not a board slayer. <laughs> I mean, you know, I like to do well on the boards, okay. but there, was, there were no weapons involved. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think everyone has their own approach. 
Um, certainly you have to reach beyond the class material to do well, and you're not going to be able to possibly learn everything mm-hmm. that you need to know for the boards just in class, and there's a lot of resources out there. And a lot of it depends on how confident you are with your test-taking abilities and how much money you want to spend. So there's a lot of different programs out there that you can buy. Like Princeton, Kaplan, uh, things Sure, like that. That, like Kaplan's yeah. popular also... Um, I'm in a blank now what that program's called. The QBank? Or so everyone, the, yeah, everyone yeah. gets the QBanks, mm-hmm. and there's like at least three or four different QBanks that you can purchase that are just practice questions, and that, honestly, I feel is the best way to prepare for the boards. Um, but, you know, you can also buy a lot of different review books and things like that, and it's quite an undertaking, mm-hmm. um, but pays off. Okay. And moving ahead, um, third year, what was your best rotation? What was your favorite? Uh, I have to say my favorite rotation here was the pediatrics rotation. Uh, I think they have a fairly unique rotation here in in which you spend three weeks uh, on an inpatient service where the the medical students function as kind of like mini interns. Mm -hmm. And And this is the Glasgow team. Right, the Glasgow service. and which which gets confusing because there's actually a hospitalist there named Dr. Glasgow, um, not named for her or mm-hmm. her husband, Dr. Glasgow, the surgeon. It's a different guy mm-hmm. from forever ago. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's a, it's a great team because you get autonomy, you get your own patients, and it's just you. There's four of you, and then a second year pediatrics resident, and then you're attending. And so you are responsible for taking care of those patients and helping make decisions. And I think I learned more in those three weeks about just patient care in general than Mm -hmm. any other rotation during my uh, third year. And even though I haven't chosen to go into pediatrics, I I still have to say that's my favorite rotation. Yeah, I agree with you. That's consistently ranked as the top experience for a lot of med students because this is over at Primary Children's. You're right. You're treated like an intern. So have your own patients, the kind of sense of ownership. Um, and I, I think you do almost everything. Like you do the dictations, the initial like history and physicals, primary contact with the family members and, and getting consent and things like that, correct? Yeah, you write yeah. all the notes. You even get to write the orders in, the chart, and then you have your attending or the resident sign them. So you're very involved as the team member and you, you are responsible for them. You're, you're the go-to person for their family and, and you're take, you know, talking to the nurses on their behalf and things. So it's... It's uh, it's a good snapshot of mm-hmm. kind of what it's going to be like as an intern. You still get to do the twenty uh, four hour call or mm-hmm. whatever. You I hear the Pete's call can be pretty rough at times. Would pretty, you agree? I mean, it's exciting. You okay. you get called. Your pager's going off all night. You can't do anything because mm-hmm. you're a med student. But you are the first person to respond and go talk to the patient and the nurse and you know assess the situation. Is this someone where I need to go get the resident right now? And the answer is always yes. You should get the resident. <laughs> but it's fun to think through the qu- the problem yeah. and see what's really going on. And, and you know, usually it's nothing serious. You know, this patient. I had a patient who had an allergic reaction after the nurse gave her some Benadryl. So try to process that. I don't know how you could be allergic to Benadryl. But Seems kind of paradoxical. Yeah, but it, everything turned out okay. And so so pediatrics was definitely the best. So you did three weeks inpatient primary children's, then it's a six-week rotation, right? Where'd you do the other three weeks? Uh, so you, you spread it out. You do a week of uh, just outpatient pediatrics um, here at Clinic 6, and then you do a week of another inpatient service, a specialty service. So you can do different things. Hemonk is really popular. You can do the PICU, which is popular. I actually did the the uh, GI service, which was really interesting to me. Very complex patient, so it was good good practice for me, good preparation before I went on and did the Glasgow team. 
And then the last week you spend in the well baby nursery. Mm-hmm. So the women cuddling little infants and changing lots of diapers. Mm-hmm. I, I would give the advice that if you do know how, if you have your own children, don't offer that information up because they, they will make you change all the diapers. <laughs> you're, you're the, ec- you're the diaper changer expert. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. You know, like Steven, I get asked a lot by the second years and even the third years to a certain extent. There's a lot of um, question, like how do I do well during third year? How do I know what they're looking for? How do I perform well in the wards? What, what advice would you give? Well, that's, a, that's a really good question. Uh, I think you know your first two years, it's a lot more predictable. You know, I study hard, I do well on this exam, and I know what my grade's going to be. When you get to the wards, there's a lot more subjectivity that gets thrown in the mix because you have these evaluations filled out by your attendings and your residents. And so what I found is the most important thing, it's not so much what you know. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't try to show off all this information that you learned from studying for step one. You know, That doesn't really impress anyone. It's more how you work with the team. Are you a likable person? Can they count on you? Are you dependable? Are you going to do the things that you, they ask you to do? And, and do you work hard? Will you stay extra hours and stay late and not be the person who's asking can i go now i'm done with all my work and so i found that just being a really good team player and being a likable person being yourself um, and trying to be friends with the residents and the interns that went a lot further than how much i knew about my patients obviously you need to be knowledgeable about your patients in order to to take care of them but from a from a grading perspective and doing well, I think just being a good team player yeah, is the most important thing. I think one of the hardest things is what I tell med students is it's you know learning to anticipate when you need to take the initiative. And you know when how I break that down is is like when you're a brand new third year med student, it's hard to like discern you know this information is important, that's important. What should I be doing? But as you get a little bit more experience, you kind of say, oh, like yesterday we got a chest X ray on our patients why don't I go down to radiology and get the official read? And so when we do rounds the next morning, if it doesn't pop up on the computer, which a lot of times it doesn't, like I'll have this information ready. And I think, you know, that's the kind of example I give to med students. Like as you kind of get more experience, you'll kind of like, oh, like that's a good opportunity to social initiative and I can take ownership of that because like, like it's easy for a med student to kind of follow up with like a radiology result. Do, mm-hmm. Does that sound similar to your experience? Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I think you nailed it. Initiative and anticipation is like what everyone's watching for. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you were listening in rounds and you hear that this intern needs to do this, you know, just going and offering to help them with that or even taking care of it and, letting, you know, reporting to them, that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, part of your grade in each rotation is a shelf exam, which is kind of like boards every all over again. Every six weeks, you got to study for these shelves. And definitely being prepared for those is important. And, you know, there's a million different strategies for that, too. People use banks, review books, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just making sure that you're staying on top of the material so you can do well on those. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. But that's usually a smaller fraction of your grade. It's more important to just work well yeah. with the with the rest of the team. Very true. I know it's hard for a third year because you know you're getting up early, doing pre rounds at the hospital, staying all like all day. You might have call that night. But on top of that, balancing studying for the shelf exams at the end of rotation, plus you know any family or friend responsibilities you may have. How, how did you how did you do that balance, Stephen? It's all a blur. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, you have to decide what's important to you and prior- make priorities and, and, you know, save time for that stuff. But then basically all the rest of the time you pretty much are going to be studying or, you know, working on the wards. So, um, you know, if you could just get one of those little um, those egg timers from Harry Potter and, and create some extra time, that would be the most useful. But okay. priorities, I think, is the most important That's thing. Good. Um, any recommendations and if med students should 
uh, buy coffee or hot chocolate for everyone in, uh, on rounds. Because I, <laughs> I remember as a med student, that was also one of the ways to try to curry favor with the people writing your evaluations. What are your thoughts on that, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an interesting idea because, you know, um, everyone, you know, is really conscientious about not mistreating the medical students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were a few times where I even offered to go, you know, someone's like, oh, I haven't had my coffee. I'm like, oh, I'll go grab you some if you want because, you know, you're craving to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. You know, that would be mistreatment. And so people are like almost a little overboard about protecting the medical student Mm -hmm. and not letting them do anything menial Mm -hmm. or scut work is what everyone calls it. And, you know, sometimes I think it's good for med students to do some scut work. It makes them feel useful. Yeah. uh, I remember when you say scut work, so people who have never heard that word before, scut is the activities or the responsibilities that need to be accomplished for all patients but they're somewhat menial can be long can be somewhat boring you know something that i comes to mind you know i remember you know i'm a child psychiatrist but i did do my intern year i had like a bunch of internal medicine rotations for some reason when i think of scut work i think of internal medicine which will be a great discussion (laughs) we're gonna have soon so um yeah so like you know so and so patient needs to go to the nursing home skilled nursing facility it's like a 20 page document there's always a section that the physicians have to fill out my experience has been the attendings rarely fill that out. They sign it, but usually that's up to like, you know, the resident, the intern, the med student to kind of fill out those kind of sections. You know, a lot of it's just like, you know, past medical history, things like that. So does that kind of sound like what scut's like nowadays or? Yes. Yeah, scut work is often paperwork. Um, you know, just anything where maybe there's not a lot of great quote learning going mm-hmm. on, but it's still important for the patient care process. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's important. That's, that's, probably one of the best places for medical students to jump in and help because you're relieving a big burden for mm-hmm. your interns and your residents and then they'll like you. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Let's talk. So third year, you're doing great. You're humming along. How did you reach your decision to choose your field and what field did you choose? So I'm uh, applying for internal medicine residency and, you know, really that was just the rotation where I felt like I fit in, where um, I lit up and I just really liked what I was doing. Um, it's really a hard field, very complex patients. Um, a lot of people shy away from it for that reason, um, but I find it very stimulating, and it wasn't really a very difficult decision for me. I had toyed with the idea of maybe doing a combination medicine pediatrics uh, fellow or um, residency, um, but you know, after doing the two of them, I realized that medicine is really where I felt like I belonged, and and uh, and it was overwhelming enough that. I decided it would be enough for me to just do internal medicine. And so internal medicine here at the U, you do six weeks during the first part of third year, and then you do six weeks the second part of your third year. So a total of 12 weeks. So that's a pretty big exposure. Where did you do your rotations at? Uh, So I did my first six weeks at the VA. Okay. And I think that's a great place uh, for for medical students to train. um, Why? So it's just kind of a different pace over there. Uh, I felt like I had a little more time to think about my patients, and they give you a little more autonomy over there. And uh, and it's an interesting place to train, too, because there's not a cardiology service necessarily or a pulmonology service, so you get to take care of the whole gamut of internal medicine patients over there. Um, and and so you spend a lot of time uh, in you know taking care of cardiac patients, which you wouldn't otherwise get to take care of at the university hospital, as well as pulmonary patients. And then everything else in between. Uh, you also see a lot of cancer patients at the VA. And I, I just, I like the style over there. It's, it's good learning. And the vets are probably, the, they're, they're just the best patients. They're mm-hmm. so 
grateful they're from that generation where they're just you know have a lot of interesting stories to tell they're very courteous and, and grateful to their to anyone who's helping take care of them great and then where did you do your second part so then i did three weeks down at uh, intermountain Healthcare uh, at an outpatient clinic there which is also great it was a dedicated teaching clinic so it's a continuity clinic for residents and interns and so the uh, the attendings there are all about teaching so i learned a lot about outpatient medicine there and then I did my last three weeks here at the university hospital um, on a hospitalist service, which was really interesting. I hadn't done anything quite like that before. It was a, a bigger patient load, fast pace, um, and uh, I, I liked it. I, I did miss the cardiology patients, the pulmonology patients, which are on separate services here. But you do a lot of uh, a lot of kidney, a lot of liver here, and I think those are really interesting patients. Excellent, excellent. And so you chose internal medicine. And now heading into fourth year, um, I've heard you know we have new tracks for the fourth year students. Can you talk some more about that and how you kind of fit into which track? Yeah, and I can't remember what all the tracks are. The track that I'm a part of is the uh, primary care track, so that includes internal medicine, pediatrics, and family medicine, and psychiatry. Mm-hmm. And so we all get together once every couple weeks uh, to, to do some course sessions. Uh, the beginning of the year, those sessions were... M- uh, primarily focused on getting us ready to apply for residency, helping us get our personal statements done, our, our CVs ready, and then also we did mock interviews and things like that. So that was all very helpful. And now we've kind of moved into a different phase where we're doing a lot more like team building activities and, and leadership training and that kind of thing, things that will be helpful to us when we start residency. And so fourth year, just kind of you know, to instruct people who may not know, that's the time you kind of declare what field you're going into. You start applying to residency programs. And how has that gone? How's, how's the application process at this stage? You know, it went a lot smoother than I thought it would. It's something that you kind of stress about all through medical school and think, oh, that's just going to be a terribly stressful time. But I actually thought it went, went okay. Um, so, you know, you spend the first few months of fourth year um, getting taking care of core rotations, things like your sub-I, um, any away rotations that you need to do. And then it's also a time when you're taking step two of the boards typically. And so, you know, there's a lot of stressful things going on in that first few months. But then, you know, once your application's in, it's kind of smooth sailing. Um, so, and I felt like the, the, the longitudinal course with the tracks, the primary care track, helped me stay on track, at least on target, for getting those things ready and done. So having my personal statement done early, um, having my CV ready early. That also helped a lot when, you know, you're asking people to write letters of recommendation for you to have that stuff ready to go. So you can, you know, because everyone always asks you for it. So having that stuff ready and then, you know, um, it, it didn't take that much time to actually sit down and fill out the application part. Um, I know some people agonize over what programs to apply to. That was an easier decision for me because I want to stay here. And so, you know, I was kind of just picking geographic locations that I wouldn't mind living, um, but with, you know, with in mind that I was planning on just staying here in Utah. And then during fourth year, you also have time to take electives. And we were talking before we started doing this podcast, you're taking a really interesting class now. Can you tell me, tell us more about that? Yeah. So I signed up for a humanities elective and it's, it's two week course and uh, we just meet in the mornings and uh, every day. So the course is called imagining medicine. And every day we talk about a, a different kind of aspect of that. Today we talked about uh, physicians in the media and how they're imagined. Uh, we talked all about the, the pre-modern, modern, and post-modern development of medicine in relation to the TV show House, MD, which is very interesting. We watched some clips from some different TV shows and talked about them. 
uh, read an interesting journal article about the viewing habits of, of medical students and nursing students uh, as far as watching medical dramas and things like that. I'm curious, what, what are the habits? Yeah, so uh, this paper found that, you know, females are much more likely to watch Grey's Anatomy, um, okay. which is not surprising in my opinion. It's, it's whatever that means. <laughs> But uh, and then they found that in, in that males were more likely to watch House MD, mm-hmm. but that actually wasn't statistically significant. Um, what about Scrubs? Where do they fit in? So they actually didn't analyze Scrubs because oh. it's a comedy, and so they thought people wouldn't learn as much from it, which I actually didn't agree with. You know, I, I found I, Scrubs to be like the most like accurate on many levels, and so. I've heard that before. Yeah. And you know, I, I I always thought it was a funny show, mm-hmm. but and I haven't seen Grey's Anatomy, so I can't really comment on it, but. You know, House, I think, is interesting because it's like, you know, it's a detective show. It's mm-hmm. it's a mystery, medical mysteries. Everyone likes that. But, you know, we talked all about how House is this, this embodiment of the modern physician because he doesn't really care what his patients have to say. He just wants to figure out what the disease is. And then we talked about kind of more of the postmodern ethic and how patient autonomy is becoming a more important part of the discussion, finding out what's wrong with the patient. So that's interesting. You know, we're also dedicating a day to medicine and zombies, which conveniently lands on halloween we're going to talk all about the origin of the the zombie and you know it it didn't start out as this flesh eating you know brain eating monster it was more of a person who had lost their soul you know and and i think it actually came out of um uh haitian culture originally and we're gonna you know watch some zombie clips and have a good time with that so i mean the the course is is pretty flexible it's kind of anything you want it to be but we're focusing on just some interesting aspects of humanities and medicine this is fascinating and so i get the sense you would highly recommend this course oh totally it's it's a really good time that's awesome what other kind of electives are you signed up for i mean what kind of opportunities are there during fourth year yeah so that's what i love about fourth year you know it's very stressful at the beginning but the trade-off to that is the rest of the year is whatever you want it to be and you do have some requirements you know you need to have so many hours of outpatient medicine done and you need to do things for your track you know i had to do a a sub-i in internal medicine that's a requirement but then the rest of the year is just, you know, what do you want to learn? And it's kind of nice because the rest of medical school is it's pretty well decided for you what people are going to teach you. You know, you have your first two years laid out for you, and then your core rotations you can't really argue with. You just got to do them. Fourth year is all about, um, you know, I'm going to do an ICU rotation in January at LDS Hospital, uh, which, you know, I want to kind of brush up on those skills before I start intern year. I'm going to do dermatology for two weeks, radiology for two weeks, because I think those are important skills for everyone to have. And then renal and cardiology for a couple weeks. And then in the, in the spring, there's a wilderness medicine elective, which is very popular here in Utah. People are very outdoorsy and they mm-hmm. want to kind of know how to be prepared when they're out hiking and camping and things, what they can do. To, when disaster strikes. Exactly. You know, it's going to happen. So, Bear attack. Yeah. And so that that's a course that a lot of people enroll in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a very popular pathology course in a February. clinical pathology. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's also called Ski Path. Um, because it's a you know a couple hours a day and then the rest of the day you can hit the slope. So fourth year is very flexible. Um, it's, it's really whatever you want it to be. So and then it all. I mean, the idea is yeah, you have electives, you have time, and but they also that flexibility is given because you have your own interviews to go to right for internal medicine. So, and how's your interview schedule look like if you don't mind sharing? Sure. So uh, most people are doing their interviews November, December, and January, and so a lot of times people kind of leave those months open on their schedule. You have the option to not enroll in classes at all, really, for those three months because uh, it'll work out. But a lot of people choose to do research at that time because research is very flexible. So I'm doing some research, um, but my interview schedule I have mostly November. 
Uh, and then just a few here and there at the beginning of December. I'm not going to do any interviewing in January because uh, I'm going to do ICU at that time. But, um, yeah, trying to front load it as much as possible. Yeah. And, and for the most part, you know, I've heard rumors that there might be some programs that put you up a night in a hotel. Have you experienced that at all with any of the internal medicine programs yet, or is it all on your own? Um, so there's been a few programs that have offered your face me looks shocked, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish more had offered me a hotel room. Yeah. No, so interestingly, Utah offers a hotel room, uh, which I unfortunately do not need, <laughs> and so I will not be staying at the guest house here. Okay. Um, but there was a program. I think it's probably more common in community programs that are okay. trying to recruit mm-hmm. people out there. Um, some of the more competitive programs, you know, obviously they don't need to do that to sweeten the deal. So I didn't hear from those guys about free hotel rooms, but wow, it's too bad. I wish they'd pay for my plane tickets. Yeah, that would be the nicest thing. Yeah, I don't. I've never heard of any program paying for flights. Yeah, so. well, one one way we we're doing that is uh, we got some friends up in Portland, so we're gonna drive up there mm-hmm. and make a little road trip out yeah. of it with the family. And then there's like four programs yeah. in Portland. So I think that you though through the alumni association, there is a network of physicians. That if you wanted to, like, you know, if you're interviewing in, you know, Seattle, you can contact, like, the Alumni Association, and they can see if there's any University of Utah physicians mm. up there in Seattle, and you can stay the night. I think there is some program set up like that. Sometimes yeah, I've heard, med students take people up on the offer. Sometimes they don't. I've so, heard something about that. Yeah, but so, yeah. It can be quite uh, – I don't know. Like when I remember when I went out and interviewed all these different programs, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a little stressful because there's always a dinner and like there's always like all these people there and you know and I don't know. It was just kind of it was a little outside my comfort zone in a way. Like you know every night being out dinner at some really fancy place and you know and I you only have X amount of questions about the program and usually you kind of get those answered within the first hour or so. But I don't know. Like so yeah, it's kind of different when you go on the interview. It's different than med school interviews. Yeah, like med school interviews, there's more of you. You know, it's. I would argue it's a little bit harder on a, on many levels. But then, like during for residency, there's not many people applying. So every every step of the every step of the process, there's less people applying. So yeah, you know. and I think it, it certainly varies according to the specialty that you're applying for. But like internal medicine is a big program usually, and so they have a lot of slots to fill. And they're, I, from what I've heard, I haven't actually done any interviews yet. But from what I've heard, it's it's more the program is often trying to sell you on their program and mm-hmm. kind of almost recruit you. Whereas medical student, you, you kind of when you're applying, you feel like you're almost getting grilled for mm-hmm. medical school. So it is a little different this time around. Last thing I want to talk about, and if you feel comfortable, AOA. What is AOA? What does it mean? How did you get into it? How does that work here at the U? Uh, so AOA is an on- National Honor Society. It stands for Alpha Omega Alpha, and uh, it is typically I, I don't know if it varies by schools, it but does. at our school, yeah. it's the top five percent of the class. So in a class of eighty-two, that ended up being four of us, and so you know it's it's certainly an honor to receive that designation. It's it's based uh, on your preclinical work, um, your the first two years, what your grades were like, and then also a percentage of it is based on your Step One board score. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's that's for to de- designate who the junior AOA um, people are, and then uh, you get another chance to to get into the honor society as a senior based on your third year clerkship rotations, and that also takes into account your board score and things. So um, that that uh, brought in another I think ten people mm-hmm. into the AOA chapter here for our class, 
And, uh, you know, I think it's important. It definitely uh, helps you stand out when you're applying for residency and things. So certainly if you're going for a competitive residency, being AOA can can help you a lot. Because I think on that residency application, that's one of the things you can check, you know. Correct. Are you AOA or not, yes or no? And when you look at, like, matching data, like charting outcomes, that's also one of the things that's kind of a yes or no Mm -hmm. uh, part of your application that can help a lot. Yeah. I think AOA started about 100 years ago. It started, I think, in Chicago. Chicago, I believe, and then kind of spread to medical to medical school. So, like you said, it's a national honor society. Um, you know, and some people seem to be very vested in it. Some people, you know, not so much. You mentioned the grades. I think those are important, but they also look at the entire kind of you know going back to holistic review. They look at your grades, your board scores, as well as your community service, mm-hmm. your research, everything that you've done during medical school. I think it's kind of in totality, yeah. right? And they're yeah. very you know they want leaders, they want people who are professional, and then as you know AOA presidents, we're charged with the responsibility to actually go out and kind of try to be leaders and, and serve in the community. So our group is looking at some different service projects, opportunities that we can do to help. Cool help in the community so yeah well i'm excited for you steven i appreciate coming in and talking yeah no problem thank you very much thanks for listening to talking admissions and med student life with dr benjamin chan the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school a production of the scope health sciences radio online at thescoperadio.com